All right. Should I do the intro? Yeah, let's do it. I'm Jen Fricker. And I am Alexi Toliopoulos. And welcome to Lived It, a brand new podcast where we speak to everyday Aussies and Kiwis who didn't just watch the show everyone is talking about on Netflix, they lived it. I am very excited for this episode, Jen. This is a movie I've been wanting to see for quite some time. It is a new Australian film. It's called The Greenhouse. And a little while later, we're going to be talking to someone who actually lived the story. We're talking to the director of The Greenhouse, Thomas Wilson White. Yeah, and if you don't know about The Greenhouse, it's a brand new Australian film and it's it's gorgeous. It's about grief, yearning, family and a magical greenhouse. The lead character is a woman, Beth, coming of age, still finding out herself and it has been years since the death of one of her mothers and it's all about going back home with your family, with your siblings for a celebration and that celebration is still being coloured by the feelings of loss from the past. Let's have a listen to that trailer. Have you spoken to Andrew? No, I haven't. And hello to you too, Dooney. He wants to bring his new boyfriend to Mum's shindig. You're back in town? Yeah, I'm here. Do you still live here? Do you remember my friend Lauren? I saw her today. She asked me how the mums were doing. Look who decided to wake up. (laughs) How was the trip? Oh, it was great. You seeing anyone? Promise me you look after your mum and mum and mum. Maybe I left them up here too long. I don't want to go back in that place. The past is just the past. Don't get out of here soon. Promise. I found this movie to be so deeply moving and so deeply affecting because it captures like this gloominess because it feels like it's set in this real world and this real present moment of grief and loss and the gloomy periods around like sticking in those. And it captures this reminiscent feeling where we're looking back in the past. And what I found so powerful about this movie is it takes that real feeling, that real feeling that we all go through of loss and being stuck in your grief and needing to reminisce and needing to go back and needing to have the thoughts permeating your mind of like what the past was like. But the past still being distant, it literalizes that feeling. I find it very fascinating when movies take a, something that's a feeling that's innate and difficult to describe and then translate it into a visual piece of art through some kind of magical realism or surrealism. And in this movie, there is a portal in this greenhouse where they live in their home, where they can go back and walk through and observe the past as it happened Mm. without really being able to affect it, but still being able to like have this almost one point something meters removed from the past and still being able to watch it. Yeah, it really connected with me because... The greenhouse is, like you said, such a very like literal metaphor where you are holding on to a time before you've lost a person mm. and you're also having to live in a present moment. But the weight of that loss is 
permeating into your present mm. moment. And I think anyone who's lost a family member or just experienced loss in general will really, really see that. I've never seen that sense of loss and that stickiness from, you know, reminiscence of a time before you mm. you lose someone beautifully and sharply represented mm. on screen before. I think one of the reasons why this movie connects so beautifully, so powerful, is because it is directly taken from the director Thomas Wilson White's actual real mm. life. It's based on his childhood growing up in Jervis Bay. It's based on the death of his mother and his feelings of grief around it. So today on Lived It, we're speaking to someone who actually lived it, the director and writer of The Greenhouse, Thomas Wilson White. Thanks for joining us, Thomas. Thank you for having me. This is beautiful. I am very excited to have you here. You and I actually went to film school together. We did. So this is not our first meeting, mm. but it is our first meeting in person like many, many years. Uh, in a long time. <laughs> yeah. We've both had a glow up. Absolutely. I was but a little scrobblet back then. Now I am the most gorgeous swan that ever swam across <laughs> the earth. I love this movie. I'm so glad I finally got to see it. How did you come to that point where you go, okay, so we've got this feeling about wanting to connect back to your memories and wanting to connect back to like the nostalgia of times that may not have been like the best times, but times that still connect and resonate. How do you go about creating that into like almost a magic realist time travel movie? Right. Uh, drugs. Yeah. No, I think, uh, you know, memory for me, mm. I was writing my thesis at the same time and exploring you know, memory and nostalgia and how it works mm. as an emotion. And, you know, memory so often is there's there's parts that are crystal clear and then there's parts that are really fragmented and, and feel uh, more like impressions. Mm. Um, so I just kind of was taking my inspiration from that. So that was kind of like the driving force of the visuals and the tone as well. Like, you know, I really wanted it to feel meditative and reflective and kind of melancholy um, because I, you know, I often... I find that when I am reflecting or, or thinking about the past, that's mm. exactly the feeling state that I'm in is, you know, wishing maybe I could have done things differently or particularly with this story, like before my mum was diagnosed with cancer, we were all just like chill and we had no idea how good we had it. Like yeah. this perfect kind of moment in my family of like, we're all alive, we're all in health and we're all chilling. And then once you cross that threshold into you know, a five-year cancer battle or, or the death of a loved one, it does completely rearrange your life and, and who you are. And so I think it's, you know, the film is very much about that tension of the past and, and the future and the, those sort of, you know, powers. Yeah. One of the incredible emotional beats of this film is a conversation between Beth and her mum and her mum asks her to look after her other mum uh, after she passes away. Mm. And you were saying that's from like a real conversation that you had with your mum before she passed. What was it like on set that day when you went to shoot it? It was really beautiful. Like I think, um, you know, when I realised that I was going to write that scene into the film and, and that it was actually like a really important part of Beth's story but also of anyone's story, I think, in a caring role. You know, I made a promise to my mum and then she died and so I had to really... I wanted to keep that promise to her. I put it into the film and then on the day, you know, film sets are really alpha and sort of like the military sometimes yeah. and kind of terrifying. And I was really lucky to have a crew who were really 
emotionally connected to the script and 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 I was able to just say to them we don't yell I don't want that energy here why do people yell yeah. ever <laughs> just anywhere in, in the world yeah. Yeah. Like, I was yeah. like yelling is stupid we were already that sort of crew mm. and then when it came to shooting that scene it was one of my favorite experiences because we Jane and Rhonda the two actors kind of sat on this couch and I kind of said you know we're going to whisper and so the whole crew were whispering to each wow. other. So, like, they're just sitting there. There's, like, one light on them. It's, like, 10 o'clock at night. And, like, you know, the lighting guy is just whispering to his assistant to, like, move that light. And the camera team were all whispering to each other. It was really, really beautiful. Like, I think that exact feeling is on the screen mm. in that scene as well. Mm. But um, it was a really uh, moving experience to you know, see these massive guys with all this gear just kind of, like, whispering to each other. And, like, you know, I really, I'm really proud of that experience. Yeah, it's such a gentle movie. It's so interesting to hear, like, how the set and all your crew, like, adapted to, like, change, to adapt Mm -hmm. and kind of bring your... Not like not even your vision, like to bring your story, to bring your world to life in that way. Well, I think that's kind of where the magic is, like you know that there's a there's a culture and an an emotional landscape that mm. you're building as a team inside the team as well and on set. It's not just it's not just reserved for on screen. You know, I'm a I'm a really big fan of the of production feeling. You know, like a family and feeling. You know, and then and, you know, and then there's peaks and troughs. You know, then we would do an action scene and it would be like a party. You know, and then we would go back into these calmer places. But, yeah, I love it. It's uh, it's the best. Do you think it would be the same movie if it was kind of run like a typical macho yeah, set? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. We really diligently, like, kept those sort of people away from the production, and, and I do in all my work. Like, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I'm much... Much better in a in a more gentle mm. sort of flexible space, and I don't know if I perform very well under those conditions. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I don't know who does, to be honest. Did you feel any kind of additional closure? I'm sure, like in the lead up to this, you have dealt with this very real grief in your life. Was there an additional sense of closure or resolution making this film for you? Totally. Like, I think you know historically like I wrote the film while my mum was still alive and it was more kind of um me looking ahead and and thinking about you know what what might happen to my family etc which is really upbeat stuff and they were stoked about it um (laughs) you know I was like I'm writing a film about us grieving our mum's death anyway but I think you know I I stopped post-production for about 12 months because I I moved home Mm. to become the carer for her so that there was like no way in hell I was going to wake up and go into an edit suite and and watch this film over and over again yeah and then she passed away at the end of 2018 and I took a bit of time off and then one day just kind of like was walking on the beach and went oh my god I have to like finish the movie Mm. for her and it it added a, a real sense of like pathos and and gravity to the to the to the edit suite, and we kind of just I would go in once a week for about six months with my editor, and we just do a scene, and we just kind of re-edited the whole film, cut out all this stuff, you know, really really interrogated Beth's emotional arc in the film and what she's experiencing. And by the end, it was super cathartic and beautiful. And it still is. Like, you know, it means I get to talk about her as well, which is, like, really cheeky because I think after a while, after you've lost someone, people are like, anyway, 
stop talking about it now. Yeah. Like, but I want to. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like it gives me a way to kind of keep her alive and keep wow. sharing stories about who she was. Has your family seen the film? Oh, yeah. They're kind of like, we're never watching it again. And I was like, perfect. Wow. But wow. They, they were all deeply moved. My mum is in the film. She was an extra before she died. So she's in, wow. the, in like the lunch scene with the family. She's like at the head of the table, just like chilling. So it's really special. Like I think, you know, as a sort of tapestry of my family's mm. upbringing and you know and it feels like closure of a really big chapter for all of us as mm. well I think to watch the story and be able to I don't know it's a, it's a nice thing that's wild to me that your mum's in it that it's written kind of mm. before she passed like because that just kind of reflects that temporal fluidity that's in the movie yeah, like that's, totally that gave me shivers you saying yeah that. what's the response been like outside of family so good, like pretty surreal, you know, like we were in post for a couple of years, so no one had really seen it. Yeah. There was, I was just like desperate to get it into the world, yeah. you know, like I felt like the horse that had just been held back for years and I was like, get the movie out. But the response has just been phenomenal, like, you know, people messaging me or, or you know, or whatever coming up to me on the street, that's not happened, coming up to me, <laughs> <laughs> coming up to me at screenings. Yeah. Um. And sharing their stories and, and, and the reasons why it, it, it means so much to them and, um, you know, particularly like the queer audiences who have watched it who come from families similar to mine or have had, you know, similar journeys. Um, it's amazing. Like it, it, I, it, it proves my theory that we mm. need this and that yeah. people need these sorts yeah. of stories because, you know, their responses are really impassioned and beautiful and makes me very happy. That's what I find like so like powerfully unique about this movie beyond like the fantastical element is like that real element of growing up in a queer family and then the difficulty of coming out to a queer family. I don't think I had ever really seen too much of that brought to the screen before. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it before. Can you talk about like your experience like living that and then translating it to the screen as well? Tell us exactly like what it was like growing up. It was pretty dramatic. Like I think when I look back, I'm like, there's a reason I write TV now mm. and like and everything is so you know high stakes uh, you know because I think when we were super Christian yeah. and my mum met my other mum so like when I was like a, a child and like came out with her and we all moved in together and I was raised by them from the age of like seven but the whole community kind of like blacklisted us and wow. kicked us wow. out and we lost all of our friends and you know the school chaplain came up to me and was like Satan lives in your home. You need therapy. And I was like, I'm tan. Yeah, I was really young and, and it was it was really uncomfortable. You know, I had friends who started treating me differently and, you know, and then you kind of move into adolescence and, and I started realising that I was, you know, witnessing bigotry and, and, and sort of discrimination at this young age toward the people that I love the most. So it kind of then became my personality to kind of push back and I don't know that's where my sense of humor came from I just make people really uncomfortable about it (laughs) and then I guess I came out and was expecting you know a celebration but Mm. they were both like are you sure it's really hard and and we don't want this for you and that's kind of really sobering Mm. you know particularly when I think the assumption would be that there'd be, you know, like a rainbow cake yeah. and mm. they'd be, be like so proud of, of yeah. yeah. And instead it was kind of, I was like, oh, okay. And like put the phone down and was like, okay, that wasn't at all what I was expecting. But in hindsight, like I totally get why they responded that way. 
because it, it was brutal for them. Yeah. You know? yeah. Particularly, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, being a, a queer person in Australia and regional Australia. Like, yeah. yeah, full on. The character that's clearly based on you, Beth, is played by Jane Watt. Great performance, great actor. Is there a significance for you in translating that character from into a female character? I mean, I think... Part of my personality is that I become fixated on people and must work with them. And one of those people, unfortunately, was Jane Watt. You know, (laughs) we'd made a couple of short films together and then I was writing the film and I I just kind of called her up one day and was like, you have to be in this movie. I don't know anyone else who can maybe bring the complexity to this Mm. role that I need. Um, And the emotional depth, like she's so in it. Mm. and, And every second on set, every shot of the film... She just was there for it. And I really appreciated that she knew my family and she knew my story, so she was really connected to the material. There was a parallel I wanted to draw between, you know, the sort of matriarchs of the family and the women growing the young women in the family. And, you know, it was it, it was a very feminine film mm. and, and I really wanted to kind of sit in that um you know my next film will be very masculine wow. um i think i'm gonna kind of find the balance move between them both and then the third film will be in between wow. <laughs> I like that one thing when i was watching this movie there was a, some another text that kind of came to mind that i was so surprised by was the idea of like you know a portal into this other world and these four children going in it reminded me a lot of narnia was yeah. that like one of the calling cards for you it's come up heaps yeah like the the, the image of the four siblings <laughs> and you know the sort of fairy tale aspect to the movie that billowing smoke the smoke so yeah. yeah the white witch the turkish delight yeah. like i was obsessed with narnia yeah you know and i think it's gonna sneak its way in all of those things like that's what i'm so blown away by is like it all sneaks its way into mm. your work, mm. even if you don't want it to. Yeah. So it's pretty, um, it's pretty daunting. And when I think back on like the Rolodex of things I was obsessed with, I'm like, when's that going to come yeah. in? When you were on set, was there ever like an uncanny experience of just like going, oh, I'm seeing my life and I'm controlling my life how I want it? Did you ever mm. f- have any moments like that? Girl, like every day. Like we, that's what's so bizarre about it is that like I was, I was often like guided by my intuition on you know even the delivery of the humor the speed of the dialogue or whatever just because it's my family like Mm. you come to dinner at my house and we just you know bash each other (laughs) you know like (laughs) like verbally like there's there's no thing that can't be made fun of and um yeah and there was a few moments like i think uh there's a really one of the darkest scenes is um she, her mum asks her to stay and look mm. after the other mum after she's died. And that had literally happened to me. And, and it was kind of just, the scene is just word for word, kind of, you know, what that conversation was in real life. And so I think it's really humbling to put that stuff on screen and to work with amazing actors who, you know, can make it better and light it better and everyone yeah. looks hotter, you know, <laughs> when in real life it was probably pretty tragic, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But it's, it's bizarre and it keeps happening in all of my work, you know, I'm constantly having these sort of out-of-body experiences on set. Um, and, yeah, that's why I have therapy full-time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Was it difficult, like, reliving those moments? I think at the time, no, I found the most emotions came in the edit suite. Seeing it over and over again, yeah. finding, like, the nuance and, like, cutting it and stuff. Yeah, but often we would move on from the scene once somebody had cried like if yeah. I went oh that's it then that was the rhythm of the scene and we'd be like we did it but there was lots of like going to the bathroom and just like 
you know, having Aww. a little cry. Yeah. <laughs> was there hesitations at all about like putting your life story on screen? Yeah, yeah. I think I think, you know, I had multiple conversations with my family. You know, my mum was she was just like, Go for it, do it, tell it all, you know, mm. and she's always been a huge supporter of my writing and my career. So I think, you know, I did the I did it I did my due gil- due diligence to an extent. Um and then sort of you know, showed them afterwards and was like, before the screening, and was like, if you want to watch it, here's the link so you can see what it is. And I love you. Like, yeah. and, yeah. you know, and you're not awful in the movie. Yeah. That was mostly to my siblings. <laughs> yeah. Well, in case anyone listening hasn't seen it, what's the one thing you hope people take away from this film, watching it? It's, that's a really big question. Look, I think I, think I, I, I kind of expose just my heart it's just fully my heart like I have nothing to hide behind with the film it's who I am as a person on there and so yeah the most I can ask for is people meet it in that place and and kind of you know let it I don't know be chill with it meditate with it you know it's slow this has like been an amazing chat and thank you so much for joining us and like Again, the movie is stunning and it's so beautiful to hear like just how much it locks into your real life. You're the best. This is so good. Thank you for your movie. Thank you for having me. This is beautiful. I think there's a tendency when you see these movies that deal with these heavy emotions where you can feel overwhelmed by them or Mm. oppressed by them even. Mm. There's like a sweetness and a tenderness that permeates this entire movie that made it this experience that felt like life itself. Mm. That I think that's, you know, that's the nicest thing you can say about some movies where you go, some of them remind you why you love movies. Some movies remind you like why you love living. And I think you need a little bit of that melancholy and that gloominess to like get there. I think that it captures the reality of those without ever feeling heavy-handed in like you know the way that some Australian films over the years have been criticized with being like you know moody porn or like yeah, sad trauma porn. trauma porn and like all that stuff this is like a very powerfully human film that I genuinely deeply enjoyed in every aspect and one that I've been recommending to people as soon as it started coming out on Netflix and I got to see it straight away I was immediately telling my friends like oh you're gonna love this movie it's just so deeply felt and I was so I was so glad by how much I truly loved this film yeah thank you so much for joining us on our podcast and thanks again to the writer and director of the film Thomas Wilson White for joining us on the show yeah if you haven't seen The Greenhouse yet it's out now on Netflix and you gotta check it out I highly suggest you watch this movie it is beautiful and if you have a story you'd like to share with us hit us up on Insta at Netflix ANZ also if this has brought up anything for you you can contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 this podcast was recorded on Gadigal land thank you to our executive producer Priya Tahazada and producer Abby Lenton finally thank you to all of you listening to this podcast you mean the absolute world to me every single one of you little treasures have a beautiful day and I'll say goodbye until next time bye bye